everyone. We are live. Welcome to the Statement of Work podcast brought to you by Landed. So, Dave, thank you. I mean, we, we have been doing about, I would say we've done about 15 podcasts at this point, and we haven't had a name for this thing. That's right. So We've been Dave, a lost cause. Yeah, Dave came in and said, yeah, Statement of Work, and did a mic drop and walk, walked out the door. Um, so we're now a Statement of Work podcast. Fantastic. Um, today's going to be a great discussion. Let me, let me just tee it up a, a, as to why. So um, so we have uh, Dr. Cornell Lewis in, 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 uh, in our studios here at the uh, uh, amazing Brickhouse Blue in, in the Bridge Park, uh, Dublin area. But uh, so there were there were a few reasons we gravitated toward uh, toward Dr. Lewis. So um, first of all, we we were all at uh, Obi's uh, Breakfast Club. Uh, was that a couple of weeks ago? It was last week. Last week. Was that last week? Yeah. Dang. Last um, week. Yeah. So so first of all, uh, you know, for those of you listening, um, that was a first class event. Uh, did, you, yeah. did you like it, Dr. It Lewis? It was it was awesome. Yeah. Um, just just getting to enjoy a lot of people who had ideas. Yeah, it was just a it was just a really cool setup. They had a band, right? Oh, um, yeah. uh, good people. Food. Um, yeah, food. The, f- oh, the food, food was, was ridiculous. Now I was going to get to that. So we were at uh, Super Chefs, right, yeah. in, in Gehenna. Oh my God, Dave! I, I saw Dave sneaking out the back door with like cart- <laughs> cartons of those wings. Man. Oh, I've never had chicken wings for breakfast, and that they were like maple syrup yeah. chicken wings. Yeah, me. like I was regretting not not getting a box of those potatoes and taking those with me, man. Oh, so it's amazing. Do you know the owner's name? I, I forgot his name. Yeah, I forgot his name too. Yeah, but he was Jason working on something. I, it might be. I, I I can't remember. So you know, if you're listening, quick shout sorry. out to those guys. Yeah, yeah. but. But uh, Super Chefs and Gehanna did a, a fantastic job, and and, and again, uh, Obi's uh, Breakfast Club is going to continue, I think, every month. So um, you know, I think the format will be the same. So if you're out there, uh, you know, looking for a good uh, networking event that will educate and entertain at the same time, um, check it out. So at any rate, so while we were at, at the Breakfast Club, um, there was this, there was this uh, uh, this little thing they were doing. So like you could you could put your business card in a hat. And, uh, you know, if they chose your business card, then you got to get up and kind of pitch your company in front of the whole group. And, and uh, you know, Dr. Lewis, do you want me to call you Cornell or Dr. Lewis? You Cornell's tell me. fine. All right. I'm, yeah. yeah enough of this, enough of this yeah. formal stuff. What am I doing? It's all good, man. All right. So we got Cornell. All right. You're Cornell from now on. Um, but, but at any rate, so, so Cornell put his card in the hat, you know, along with everybody else. And he was not picked. Um you know, to, to pitch out his company. And so he, he kind of shouts out, Hey, can I have my car back? I've only got three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is so much the truth. <laughs> so, Hey, just, just to let you know, um, we don't want that to happen again. So, uh, a- Ashley Vowinkle, who's our, uh, operations manager, she's gonna be reaching out to you today. We're, oh. we're, we're, we're going to buy you a box of cards. <laughs> and, 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 the, and the whole idea here is that we want you to drop like 10 of those things in a hat. All right. Oh, so, that's funny, so now man. you have it. So, so, um, she'll take care of you. Um, but then you know that then you know then you also asked um, so Clara from uh, uh, Root Insurance was there their their head of HR and you asked her a question about inclusion I, I, I really liked her answer by the way um, and then we just started talking about kind of your experience um, you, you know life of uh, kind of government non and nonprofit and um, and then you know you kind of ventured into the corporate waters for not too long and so we want to talk about that so just a, just a really interesting guy so just real quick I want to I want to tee up Cornell and, and, and we're gonna jump into this so first of all uh, 
Cornell has his uh, doctor of, he's a doctor of philosophy and advanced studies in human behavior. So right in line with what we're doing here. I feel like I'm already being assessed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he, he also runs today and uh, several nonprofits. Um, one, one is called Expanding Visions Foundation. Um, really focused more on what exactly? Yeah, we're focused on the high school students. Uh, we're partnered with Ohio State and Columbus Metropolitan Libraries. What we do is we take these high school students and um, teach them our curriculum of uh, understanding not how to go get a job, but how to have a career. And uh, having that career uh, means that, you know, there's some things that come with it. And if in the, poss if, if the possibility that they do end up getting a career, which they normally do with us, um, then they leave our class with an MBA-level resume. And uh, there are 10 internships at Ohio State every summer paid nice. for uh, young people who great. are at that higher level. Yeah. How long have you been doing that? Uh. Oh, yeah, 14 years now. Nice, nice. nice. And, then, so, and, and then you have another um, nonprofit called Expanding Visions Ministries. So right. just, just yeah. tell, tell us a little about that. Well, uh, it's funny. Uh, I did want to start that one because uh, it's a church. And, uh, you know, a lot of people ask me, say, well, you know, why wouldn't you want to start a church? Oh, it'd be great. And I tell them, I say, you know, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that one. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are looking at you and, oh, don't do this and, oh, don't do that. And I just didn't want that scrutiny. Yeah. And so, uh, needless to say, me and me and God had a fight. And you seem a little bit too young for this, but there was a movie some years ago called Your Arms Are Too Short to Box with God. I've never yeah. seen it. Who's Who, in that movie? So, yeah, it's a good, good movie. Somebody with short arms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I ended up doing it, man. And, you know, I only asked two questions. I said, okay, do I have to stay in there all day? He said, no. I said, okay, can I wear what I want? He said, yes. I said, I'll do it. <laughs> so the church is an hour. We don't pass a collection plate. And I usually preach in my hoodie or my sweatsuit. Ooh, that's, that's, that's that's really cool. Yeah. I, because it, this is a, not to get off on too much of a tangent, but what the heck? Um, so uh, I, I have a friend who was just trying to figure out like what what direction you want to take his career. Yeah. He's kind of a long term corporate guy, and um, so he actually went to like a week long seminar and training for how to set up your own church, mm, how to monetize yeah. it. Yeah. Like like it was it was like opening a almost like a subway. Yeah. Yeah it is. Yeah. <laughs> Have you it's ever crazy. heard of that? It's crazy. I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's crazy. And so you're doing it completely differently. Um you're you're not asking for money. You're just kinda of going up, you're doing your thing, come as well, you are. Hold up just a minute. We are asking for money. <laughs> Let's be <Sorry>. clear. <laughs> but the tradition, you know, I kinda of kicked religion out of the church. You know, people didn't come because they felt like oh I don't have clothes to wear oh they're going to pass the collection plate and people are going to see I don't have right. anything to put right. in it well what, like, do you, what do you teach kick it about? out of there that's that's really interesting so yeah. because you're you're a doctor of philosophy mm -hmm. so what are you teaching over there <laughs> that's good he's kind of looking at me like man what are you teaching? well you just said you just yeah. said it's a church but it's yeah. not you're, it's not religious so. yeah it's not a religion religion is a problem you know religiosity is a problem too many times we got to you know, you got all of this stuff that happens, and, and it just takes up everything when really you're supposed to come there, uh, connect. You know, church is about community, mm -hmm. right? You're supposed to connect. And once you connect, and I kind of like, you know, what you guys got going on here at Brickhouse Blue. I mean, you're supposed to connect. 
And if somebody across the aisle has what you need, hey, can we talk? You know, and so I kind of make sure people connect. And then um, I give them the word of God from the word of God from the Bible. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a little different because I'm they say I'm funny when I give it to them, but they get it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a day of rest. And I tell them I'm going home and I'm going to watch the game. <laughs> Now, I'm a Browns fan, so I'm always in prayer. So you're doing it halftime. Constantly in prayer. But, uh, you know, we have a good time, man. I mean, we just have a good time. You know, I got a a couple of ex-NFL guys that go there, and if they like it, I know it's good. Mm -hmm. You know, so good guys, man. I just have a good time, you know. Well, you're preaching our philosophy right there with the idea of doing the non-traditional piece. Yeah. Preaching in a hoodie. Like, you know, for us, yeah. we, we go into engagements, we're jeans and a blazer. And That's it. I'm not putting a suit or a tie on. If you need me to put a suit and a tie on to do work with you, then I need to upcharge. They're, 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 amen. <laughs> hey, I never thought about that. I can agree. We build, can we build that into our contract? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So, um, so I, I, I do want to go to um, the, the, the question you asked um, during during the breakfast club about inclusion to, you know, the head of HR of root insurance, you know, root insurance really wasn't on the map like four years ago. And the last I saw their valuation was like $3.2 billion. I mean, just Mm -hmm. insane growth. That was unbelievable. So it was the right question to ask to a group like that. But first of all, I'm curious why that was the question you asked and and kind of how do you think about it? Well, I kind of hear people throwing around this um, diversity and inclusion piece, and um, also, I'm, I'm you know I'm watching a lot of companies now, and it's like, hey, we need to hire a diversity and inclusion officer. We need to hire, a, you know, and then they shortened it. Oh, we need a DNI person, and I'm like, you know, this is becoming like a little uh, check the cliche box. and yes. you know, just check the box. Yes, and I'm saying does. We have to separate the two of diversity and inclusion. 100%. Right. And They're really, not the same thing. Yeah, you probably need two people to go at that at, the, at as hard as possible at the same time. And then fear has to be taken out of the box. You know, as in, oh, my God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually include people who I don't want in there or who don't look like me, who don't sound like me. And I'm going to be real honest with you, man. I'm, a, I'm an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so anybody who gets me has to know I'm an acquired taste yeah. because I, I, you know, I had to learn from my wife about corporate America. Yeah, you know, and that was hey, it wasn't hey, uh, get that trash taken out. It was, um, could we talk a little bit about <laughs> your uh, your sanitation duties uh. and maybe. <laughs> We can kind of talk about how the sanitation gets from here to there. And we'll have a follow-up. And I'm looking at her like, you want me to take the trash out? She's like, yeah, but I don't want to get, you know, I'm like, what the heck? So, <laughs> so, you, so you get a performance review is what of course, you're saying. Unfortunately, it sounds like you probably get it like every other day. Well, it sounds well, like he's getting it all day today. You get a lot of feedback. <laughs> now I'm a house husband, so it's regular. It's regular, man. But, you know, I, I and Dave, chime in. I'm sorry, but, sure. you know, I see what you see, right? When you when you go on LinkedIn, like the, one of the things that, that irks me the most is, you know, you, you'll see somebody promoted to CEO. Let's say mm-hmm. it's a woman, yeah, or yeah. you'll see, you know, somebody of Latin American mm-hmm. descent who mm-hmm. was promoted into some like major position, and the headline reads, Lat- first Latin American mm-hmm. woman to be." Mm-hmm. 
you know, nominate. And I'm like, to me, when I read that, it's like it cheapens like what that person had to do mm. and overcome. And um, there's so much that goes into rising to that level. And it's mm. like it, it distracts from the fact that this person probably, you know, got an advanced degree, mm-hmm. right? And, and all the work that goes with that and probably spent countless hours on airplanes traveling, mm-hmm. right, to, mm-hmm. to get to where they are. And it's just, like, that's the part. Like, I want to get to a place, and I don't know how you feel about this, where, like, that doesn't matter. It's mm-hmm. just this person yeah. got promoted in this position because they're awesome. Yeah. Your yeah, it's, it's just sad. To me, it's sad. It's sad uh, because uh, it's still the first. You I know. know. I mean? it's, yeah, it's, it's true. It's still the first of this and the first of that, and... Um, it's not. It's not so sad as in that person got promoted because I know, I know at least one great DNI that I, I worked with, and um, uh, she, you know, she's there, but she's fighting an incredible uphill battle, and it's not so much from oh the company doesn't uh, want it because the company does, but uh, you know there are it is predominantly white male, and a lot of them are looking at her like. Hey, I don't want to say anything because right. I'm going to get in trouble. Right, and you that's, know that's very true. Uh, yeah, and and there's fear, but it's it's still sad to me that we're still having a lot of the firsts. Yeah, and we're supposed to be a very progressive country. Right, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Well, well, how do you feel about the Rooney Rule in the NFL? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, I don't know what that is. Oh yeah, why don't I not know what that is? What's that? Well, the Rooney Rule is that a certain amount of coaches, and please help me out, are supposed right, to be right, right, uh, right. of a minority descent or what got, have got, you. Got right? it. And uh, I will say this. I'm, I'm a fan of uh, diversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a fan of inclusion. What I'm not a fan of is putting somebody, whoever they are, in a place just because of that. Right. Please know what you're doing. Yeah. Know your job. Right. Mm-hmm. Impress me with that. Right. And I don't care what your ethnicity is or what right. have you. I don't care if you got a uh, you you know, you came out of high school and you can impress me with that, then I'm gonna hire you. Right. And I'm gonna pay you to do that. Right. I, I mean it, it, you're you're speaking our language here, yeah. right? Like like the the one practice that I've seen in corporate America that I am a hundred percent on like I'm a big equal opportunity person. Sure. Like sure. like so so um, initially, when DNI became a thing or diversity and inclusion became a thing, um, you know, I thought corporations were really doing the right thing in that, hey, look, when we're interviewing um, for a professional position or let's say director and above position, um, we're going to have a slate that is diverse. Sure. sure. And, and so when that, I, I was on board with that 100%. I'm like, absolutely, right? Because there are qualified people out there, right? And so let's just make sure. Um, that we take the time and we give everybody a fair shot. That's, sure, sure. sure. The, the one thing that it started to, though, over time, evolve into something else. Um, then, then there were metrics that went along with that. Yep. Then there were yep. quotas that went along yep. with that. And then it became about the numbers, mm-hmm. right? More about the numbers. And when you would talk to um, HR leaders and, and recruiters, like they were always trying to hit a number. Yeah. And, yeah. and so that's where I kind of felt like, all right, I feel like we're not talking about the quality of opportunity anymore. Now it feels like you're talking to me about a quality of outcome. Exactly. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, and as a researcher, I shouldn't say this, but I detest numbers because I think that you can use numbers to lie to anybody. You're right. You know what I mean? If I throw some numbers at you, 
you might believe that I'm doing great. Right. You know, but behind the scenes, it's like, oh, my God. I mean, right. look at Bernie Madoff. Right. Exactly. Six, no, you're right. You know? you're so, right. I mean, we're so quick to just jump on things like that. And I'm, I'm a firm believer of if we got to be slow to build it, let's be slow to build it so right. we know the levels. Right. We know the levels. I mean, uh, um, when you talk about uh, the word knowledge and you break that down, it's to know the ledge. You know, and you need to know the ledge where, that you're walking on. And too many times, I think we're we're quick to say, "Hey, we got a percentage of this, or we got a percentage of that." And it's like, "Yeah, but are any of those people actually making decisions around here? Right. Are any of those people included included exactly. in these decisions? Exactly. And show me the people who are sitting in the room and feel like, right? You know, hey, we're making a we're making decisions in here. You know." surveys go around all the time you know we develop surveys constantly mm -hmm. I developed uh, a survey in my own uh, right and you know you depending on the pressure uh, I better put down the right number right yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a Likert scale I better pick the right one and that's right that's if I don't right. then you know hey somebody could know that was me right yeah you know it, it, it's um I, I so agree with you on statistics, right? I, I, I'm going to get the person wrong. I think it was Ben Franklin. He had like a, a quote that I loved. He said, and it might have been Mark Twain, I don't know. But he said, uh, there are lies, damn lies, and statistics. Yeah, Mark Twain. <laughs> it was Mark Twain, was Mark thank Twain. you. Yeah. But uh, but <clears throat> um, the, 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 the thing is, though, you're right. When you look at a top-line number, mm. and you see that a lot, yeah, yeah. People, people don't ask the next layer of questions. Like, show me what's underneath that. I, I would love to know. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I'd me love too. Love to know what what is going on here, really. Mm -hmm. So most people aren't that inquisitive, though. No, right? Well, most and, people are not that. I don't. I think that a lot of people want to keep their jobs. They want their they want their employment. Um, I've seen people work day and night, never take a lunch break, uh, always take it at their desk, and um, I'm conf I'm concerned about that because uh, you know this is all you do. Right. And while we like your work, we need you to take a break. You know, another issue that I have is compassion drought. You know, when uh, when all you did was just work the whole time, did you did you care about the anybody else here, you know? And yeah. people just keep grinding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because um and, and Dave, I mean I mean, you worked in corporate America forever. I mean, I'm sure you ran into that that situation all the time. Yeah, you know, I was, as you guys were talking, I was thinking about something that I actually did um, at Discover uh, Card when I was there mm -hmm. running recruiting. We, And I, as we're thinking this through, and I'm, I've stepped away from this, as Chris and I say, the matrix, so I have stepped out of it and looked back into <laughs> yeah. it. And as you guys are talking, I'm looking at one thing we did, which is a, we called it aspiring professionals. When I was there, I looked around the call center, which is primarily in, 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 this, in most situations, in sure. that situation in particular, minorities. Sure. And as I went around and met all the leadership, as I, as I started my job there, I recognized almost every leader was a white male. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so my reaction, you know, having, you know, my, I myself grew up in Zanesville and I, most mm -hmm. of my friends were minorities. So I was, I was actually the minority in my neighborhood. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it was, um, how do I get these individuals? I mean, you know, we're in the weight room at the fitness center at Discover Card. I'm talking to these um, single fathers that are trying to, you know, figure out how to, raise their daughter or son and they don't know what a budget is they don't know how to write a check exactly. um and they want to do more and they want to be more but there's nothing there to offer them 
And so we created this program called Aspiring Professionals, which allowed various leaders of diverse background to come in you know, once a week. You get off the phones for two hours, you would come in and um, learn about how to be a leader. Sure. And uh, almost, I think it was 18 months later, um, the promotion rate in the call center, 73% were of a diverse background. Wow. So, wow. Wow. you know, again, whether it was, I was, we were creating a number or whether we were, you know, segregating this group of people to, to teach leadership, maybe everybody yeah. should have been taught leadership. I don't know. But what I do know is at the end, there were more minority leaders in our organization than and, there had been. And you had could we see that. It wasn't just a number. You could see that. I could, yeah, we could see, see it. That's beautiful. See, that's, and that's, that's and, and Cornell, that's, that's where you were going, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, exactly. is that when you just focus on the numbers, yeah. right? That's the diversity part, yeah. right? That, that's all it is. It's representation. It's, sure. it's, it's where you source the talent. A lot of people forget the inclusion part. And so what Dave's doing over there is taking that next step to yeah, say, yeah. all right, how do we give everybody a shot exactly. here? Right? Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah that's, that's, a, that's a really good example. So, I, I mean, I wanted to go back to, to something you, you, you touched on earlier because, um, you know, in, in my former corporate life, mm-hmm. um, I, I heard what you said. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. nobody wants to talk about this, yep. right? But we're going to talk about it here, man. Yeah, I get um, it, man. Hey, look, I'm ready. I'm an open book. I know you are. <laughs> um, that's why we have you here. That's why we got you some business cards. <laughs> but uh, I don't have any left now. So <laughs> we have a whole box. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but but you said there's fear. Yeah, man. To talk about it, yeah. and it's and it's like I saw that too, and and to me, that seems incredibly counterproductive to what we're trying to achieve here. Yeah. So when we say when we talk about in- inclusiveness, see, I don't even think it's inclusion. It's inclusiveness mm-hmm. is really what you're going after, but. If we can't talk about these things, like if, if you know, myself, you know, I, I look at you, you're just some dude to me, right? right I mean, that, right, but that's how I was right. raised. But, you know, if, if, if you and I can't be in a room in a corporate setting and just like have these discussions yeah. and it's like, you know, how are you seeing the world? I'll tell you how I'm seeing the world. Yeah. If we can't have these discussions without fear, then are we going the wrong direction with this thing? Well, you know, this is the thing. I mean, I think that it's just going to take a long time. It's just my opinion because, uh, there's been a lot of hiding of uh, feelings and, and things of this nature. And, you know, when people want information, uh, sometimes they do anything to get it. You know what I mean? They'll become a friend of somebody they really don't like so that they can say, okay, I'm going to get information. Uh, there is, there, there's a lot of problems. Like, let's just take in the, uh, I know in the black community, uh, if I'm seen with a certain person uh, that is uh, Caucasian, then it's like, oh, you're with them or you're with him. Right. And I'm like, hey, uh, I like this guy or I don't like this guy. So I've always considered myself somewhat of an ambassador right. of the truth, if you don't mind what yeah, you're saying. No. And, and not just, oh, hey, let me throw some facts at you, but the truth that, hey, if you're going to uh, be my friend, then you must first show yourself friendly. Of course. And then we need to talk about what you're going through and what I'm going through mm-hmm. and be real about that thing and put it on the square and let's not just act like it's not here. Right. You know, yeah, what, what, well, oh, go ahead, Dave. You know, what I was going to say is I was going to pose a different question because yeah. I think sometimes people don't know what the definition of the, some of these words are. Like I've mm-hmm. asked people, like you say, diversity, inclusion, like I don't understand what that means. What do you mean? Exactly. And so I don't know if it's good or bad that they don't like, is it that I don't know what that means and thus I don't, look at it through a lens of diversity and inclusion, everybody's everybody, or I know the answer to that, and thus I act 
accordingly to to do more inclusion because it's I know the def- definition of that word and it's in my face. I look at things like um, you know we're Obi's one of our you know mm-hmm. partners and we talk sure. about all the time like sure. Obi, where in society today is the if you're using a term. Mm-hmm. The one for, is it African-American? Mm-hmm. Is it a man of color? Is mm-hmm. it a minority? Is it a black person? Like, sure. what is even the, you know, like, so, or is it just not, like, just, it's a guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, I think so many people shy away from being, in, thinking about it because they just don't, they're fearful of what it means. Exactly. Well, I think it's not a shame, it's not a shame not to know. It's a shame not to want to know. Yeah, that's a good and point. that's when, I, I think that when you look in someone's eyes and, they say I don't know, and then they don't want to know. That's when you just you're done. I yep. mean, there's nothing that you're going to be able to do because you're going to fight that uphill battle of changing right. the mind. And uh, I know my me as a pastor, you know. I so take this for instance. At our church, um, I've I've done something. I tell people who are first of all, uh, if you guys ever come to our church, your first Sunday is free. Okay. So you don't have to put anything in Can I wear a hoodie? Because as long as I can roll on my hoodie. I like the one that I'll come in there in a disguise in week week two. (laughs) Week two. Hey, I'm new again. (laughs) Nothing in the box. I'm good. Yeah. No. So what I do is I tell people this when when they come to our church. Uh, We have, uh, I tell people, do not put a thing, do not give this church any money until you have learned what money is supposed to do. Now, consequently, most of the people who come my way are, uh, are, are black males, black females, uh, and have never been taught about money. Right. So I haven't found one person that doesn't want to know. Mm-hmm. They all want to know. Yeah. So we've connected. Uh, we are a, a national site for Dave Ramsey's uh, Financial mm-hmm. Peace That's University. Great. That's great. And I tell everybody, you don't put anything in this church until you take right. that class right. with us. And then, once you know what money is supposed right. to do, I mean, then you learn. You're to so give. right. Great. I, I mean, you know, I mean, you're going to learn to give then. Yeah. But not and, not giving money to. Oh, hey, I'm going to give some more money. You're not buying a, a different place in heaven. Take my word for it. Right. Hey, yeah, right. It's not like, hey, I want a condo downtown <laughs> yeah. overlooking the water, so I'm giving 20 this week. What did they used to call those? Like indemnities or something? Yeah, like you could buy them from yeah, the Catholic well, Church way back when, and it secured well, you know, your position came in came heaven? Out of, like the 1500s when you paid to keep your yeah. your loved ones out of purgatory. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what it was. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, I, you know, a couple, couple of things I wanted to react to um, and, then, and then ask you another question. So, number one, I, I think you're so right with, with financial acumen and I think that's something that should be mandatory in all high school curriculum. Guaranteed. I don't care. 100%. I don't care what neighborhood you come from. If it, it there is a science behind it. Yes, there, there is. There is an education behind that that you need. The other thing that I would love to see in the school system, high school, is nutrition. Oh wow! And yeah. and yeah. and really the science behind that, right? Because to keep a healthy weight. You need to understand how carbohydrates process through your body. But everything you're saying right now, Chris, is numbers. So if you're talking about money and you're talking about nutrition, you're talking about calorie, you know, caloric intake, your things that can be done with math. Like Absolutely. Instead of using a bushel of bananas and a bushel of oranges, right. why don't we talk in those terms instead? Right. Yeah. Right. And and so, so so those are those are some things. But yeah, I, I wanted to get back to to what you said before about you know you're walking down the street with 
a white person and, mm-hmm. and and some people maybe look at that and say well like you know what team are you on and why why is it that I would say over the last six or seven years in particular why does it seem like we're separating more and more into these different identity groups I mean I, am I wrong in that that I'm seeing this all over the place now that people are um, it, it's kind of my team and your team and that team and this team and it just seems that we're on the surface, and mm-hmm. you, you can talk me off the ledge here. Yeah, yeah. Knowledge. Yeah. Um, it just seems like that's the opposite of what inclusiveness is. Well, here's the thing, and I, I, this is something that I've seen. I can't speak for all over. I can't speak for what I've seen, that uh, people are one of the largest imports that Columbus, Ohio has in this entire area. And uh, people coming from all over the country. And so here... I've watched the, uh, it's hard to find somebody who's from Columbus these days, you know, with air quotes, but you find people who are coming and bringing things from all over the country, all over the world. And someone from DC who sees black people doing, uh, 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 you know, on their hustle, doing greater things comes here and looks at black people here and says, hey, you guys aren't working to do this and do that and it's like hey there's a bubble over columbus oh i can't get this done i can't get this done you know recently i was uh um, in a position where um i was uh i was working with the uh chief hr officer of a company and people were looking at me and i mean they would come to me and they're like oh you know i don't know what what you're doing i said look first of all i'm getting all the knowledge i can you know, I'm getting every bit of knowledge I can. Look at that there. I just turned the lights out. Yeah. God, Sorry, man. Hey, our time's up. <laughs> I, think that, I think that was our half hour. I don't, I don't think God it. likes our message right now. But, but the knowledge that this person had was so, it was stuff I had not even, I'm not talking to, so there's two types of time I look at, Krinos and Kronos. The Kronos time is the time we're spending right now. We're with each other. But that Krinos is me watching. And just watching this person do what they did was like, wow. Mm. And allowing me to sit there and watch how they handled their business. Mm-hmm. Not, hey, uh, uh, your meeting is in, is next hour. No, I want you to sit here and watch what I do. And that was gorgeous. And so, yes, we're separating. But I think what is happening is there's just a new if you allow me to say it, it's like we're becoming new creatures, all of us. Mm-hmm. And it's like we're being forced together even more and more. So now there has to be conversation because I'm being forced into your world. Yeah. You're being forced into my world. Right. You have to understand where I come from. You have to understand what I've seen. My wife comes from, uh, she ain't about that life, the way I put it. Her first time on a Coda bus was her standing there getting her picture taken while her company was learning to ride the code bus. So uh, I come from that. I come from the projects of South Side of Columbus and things of this nature. You know, my mother's financial advice to me was spend it all before you die. Wow. You know, uh, you're talking about food. I can't tell the kids what to eat if the people serving them that food don't know what a bushel is. Right. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and so who do we have? Who is the lunch lady these days? There's so many reasons why we're coming together right now. And I like the fact that it isn't just those people over there. It's, hey, 
it's us. And exactly. it has to be us. Exactly. The separation thing, you know, I need knowledge. I need knowledge to help. Right. And I'm not getting that knowledge from just ever anybody around the corner. Mm-hmm. If you say you got it, I'm coming to see you. Yep. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. So let me ask let me ask you this question. Um, we work with a lot of chief HR officers sure, and people sure, in town acquisition sure. and a lot of times the question is brought to us as a recruiting organization. Can you get me X, mm. I need more of this. Mm. What's the question we should be turning around and asking them before we res- respond or react to that? Why? I think why. Why do you, why do you <laughs> want that? You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and you know what? Either you'll get a, a look at you like, come on, you know why. Right. Or you'll get, well, here's why. Mm-hmm. And if you find somebody who wants to change the atmosphere, they'll tell you. I'll tell you right off the bat, you know what I mean? We're, I'm trying to change this atmosphere. Yep. I don't want this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at, uh, I'm, I'm so happy, and I can't think of the name of the company. This guy actually expects, he expects people to be included. And if your project does not have inclusivity, I mean, he brings you in the office and he tells you, you know, you're on the verge of getting fired. Right. That's interesting. Because you're not including others. Yeah. Can, can I... Can I, th- I want to throw out a model to you guys that I came across um, about three years ago. Sure. Um, so I, it's just going to take a, a minute to set it up, but I want your reaction. Um, because it, it was the thing that really it allowed the light bulb to go on for me when it comes to diversity and inclusion. Um, so I, I met a gentleman. Um, he's he's I mean, a great thinker on this topic, a German guy. I can't remember his name or the company he works for. I, I wish I could give him credit. But, but at any rate, he came to me. And he said, I want to show you how to think about this. Um, and so he showed me on paper this, uh, you know, X and Y, continue, X and Y access, the X access was diversity, which is what's the mix uh, that you're bringing into your organization. And, and it was interesting. He looked at it from a much broader perspective. He looked at it from, you know, yes, ethnicity and gender is a part of that, but it's also you know, where you were recently acquired company, right? And now you're thrust into this organization and nobody knows who you are and you come from a different culture. So he took a really broad view on it. But he said, he said, um, if you just focus on that, um, then it's a disaster, mm. right? So he then introduced the Y, no, that was the Y axis. The X axis is inclusiveness. And what he showed me was more of a roadmap to the end because I think what organizations do not all but I think what organizations do is they look at the numbers of representation and they say alright we've got the D and then they you know might have uh, you know Latin American Day where everybody brings in their food and you know you celebrate Martin Luther King Day obviously but you, know, you might have you know Pride Week and things and that week is all about that and, uh, and they might uh, do an unconscious bias class, which is, you know, that, that's a whole other discussion. Um, but I, th- I think they feel good. Like, I think they feel after that, like, we've arrived on the eye. And the reality is you're at the very beginning of the journey on the eye. And what this guy showed me was the first step kind of, and they have to happen simultaneously, right? As the D's going up, the I's got to be going up. You got to be working on both at the same time. But... What he showed me was that the first step of this roadmap was all about awareness. And I think that's what most organizations are really good at right now. It's just like, where, who are these different cultures that are here? And just like, let's learn, right? Let's just understand how the other side might see things. 
that's a good first step. The second step I thought was interesting, and I think it's what we're getting at here today. The second step actually involves the conversation. And I think this is where a lot of organizations are getting scared, and this is where we're getting tripped up, and I think it's impeding our process. But he said the next step is to identify insider-outsider dynamics. And, and it, this is fascinating to me. This is, this is what uh, you know, opened my eyes. And he said, every manager should have a conversation with each employee and say, is there anything that I do that makes you feel like an outsider on this team? And I asked that question of all my direct reports. And guess what? They told me. And guess what else? I was doing stuff I wasn't even aware I was doing. Because, you know, I'm me, right? And I just see the world through my eyes and my own experiences. So I, I just want to give you a quick example. Um, so I asked uh, some of my remote employees, so they, they didn't work in the Dublin corporate office, and they said, hey, yeah, like when you have conference calls in the conference room in Dublin and we're making decisions and we're ideating, like nobody, everybody forgets we're on the phone. And so you guys are all yammering on in Dublin. We can't get a word in edgewise. We don't feel like we're a part of the process. I was like, oh, my God. I, I had no idea, right? So the next step in this roadmap then is to do something about it, to change the way you process policy. So it, just to take that example further, I said, you know what? From this point forward, a remote employee is going to lead the agenda, and they're going to kick around, you know, they're going to kick it around the room, but they own it. Um, not somebody in Dublin. Um, and then really the last step is how you make it kind of part of the fabric where you're not even thinking about it anymore, right? And then, then you just it's just you know part of how you do business. But I, I just wanted to get your reactions on thinking about it more as a roadmap and, and kind of like we're at that point now where I think we've got to start talking to each other, right? And having these conversations like, do I make you feel like an outsider? I think it's a great question to ask. So I'll, I'll kick it over to you, Dave, or Cornell. Well, I, I'll just say real quick, I think, Great example, um, great steps in asking the question of are you, do you think you're an outsider? My curiosity is not everybody as creative as you or you know, Cornell or myself to maybe then say, okay, good information, here's, my, here's how I'm going to process that. They go, good information, I don't know what to do with that. Right, like you had a yeah. solution. We, Not we, everybody we can a, turn around and have a we solution. Made an, we made it an objective so, in my business. Right, but I mean, they, then the, the employee says, well, I gave you input on why I feel like an outsider, but yet I've seen no change. Right. So, a good leader. so then what's the, what, where does it go from there? So I think there's some dynamic there of assuming that everybody's a great leader and can do something with that mm. kind of information. So <laughs> I, I love that. Um, you know, you guys got to stop talking to me. We'll be in here the rest of the night. <laughs> well, you're, you're, no, we're good. We'll, we'll chop this well, up. At in least two the lights pieces. went out, so I kind of feel like uh, <laughs> yeah. very white on that. You know, I, I spent uh, twenty some years on the Columbus Fire Department, and to answer your question, and um, to take a test, all you had to do was take a test. You take a test, and you become a leader. Right. Uh, there were thirty minutes of what they call charm school. Uh, actually three days of charm school and then that was it and mm -hmm. then uh, if you had a degree you could make it all the way to be the chief of the fire department without hardly taking another class in people mm -hmm. and so the question that always is is well he's a leader uh, no 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 he's in charge right <laughs> or mm -hmm. she's in charge and so to me Diversity and inclusion breeds innovation. 
Because if you think you know it all, that's why you keep getting the same result because you keep asking the same people. Mm -hmm. So I love what you said and what you asked about. The pendulum has to swing and things have to continue to swing up. Yes. But truly, if you have leaders who have no idea, were not raised that way, did not have a clue about that on how to deal with people, Mm -hmm. then what you're going to have is a... Well, you know, the company is picking on me and I've got to do this in order to get this done. Otherwise, my performance evaluation is going to be a mess. So I'm glad you at least said, hey, look, well, the, the people outside are going to start, you know, the external, the remote workers will start doing this. Mm-hmm. The remote workers will be the ones to make this happen. And, and that right there is a key point because when somebody, it doesn't matter uh, for me, ethnicity. It matters to me if you're if you're left outside. Yeah, pe- yes. Period. 100%. You know, and you're like, hey, can I get in? Right. I mean, as a matter of fact, <laughs> I, I just wrote a, uh, my first uh, tr- stab at it, but I just wrote this little article on LinkedIn called "Can I Get In?" Yeah. And and you know, diversity, diversity, and inclusion. If if you're not include, it's not even about diversity. Did you include other people? Yes. That's or exactly is it just true. us. No, you, you, so, thank you for saying that. Uh, so let me Not ask everybody you, sees it that way, by I the agree. way. Thank you for saying that. Go ahead, so Dave. let me ask the question then, as we're talking about leadership, should there be the question in every interview when you're considering a new leader or a, a leader into a, a role that is about diversity and inclusion? Like, you know, how do you bring inclusion into your organization? Yeah. Because right. to, to not just assume, well, you've got great skills, so we're going to promote you to manager or director and never have that conversation like why not for all of you recruiters and hr people out there listening maybe this should be the first or second question that you're asking in the uh, the evaluation of a new leader but i think i think the answers though i mean dave i agree with you i i I think though the organization has to give those recruiters what to listen for because if everything's left alone if that if that applicant said well you know i hired X number of African Americans last year, and women, and um, and I took this DNI class, and and I took uh, unconscious bias, and honestly, if they gave that answer, they give them a check. Yes, you yeah. are yeah. you are enlightened. Yeah. When in reality, yeah. we're just at the beginning. We're at the first step. So I just I agree with you. I mean, it has to be baked in to the objectives of the organization, but I think people have to be clear on what the roadmap is. Because I think people think I think corporations think they've arrived, and they haven't. They're just starting, right? Yeah, and it's it's a problem because when you have people in TNA and talent acquisition, and you know the goal is to keep these jobs filled, right? You know, and to get rid of people, bring them in. Get rid of people, bring them in, and it, it's an endless cycle. Yeah. Um, but uh, when you are truly looking to change the culture of your business. There has to be a different set of questions. I was involved in uh, some hiring uh, not too long ago, and I'm sitting there, and they gave me the questions that I was supposed to ask. And I'm sitting there looking at these questions, and none of them had anything to do with who we're trying to hire. They all had to do with ask these six questions and then check this box. And I'm like, and this is why we keep ending up with the same person. It's funny you say that. So recently, you know, obviously here on Statement of Work, we're, we're always looking for new statements within the job market. And one of them that I've tossed around a few times is 
I believe the interviewing process should go like this. You know, Cornell, I'm, I can't wait to meet with you tomorrow. What I'd like for you to do is bring me three questions as the interviewer Beautiful. that you would like me to ask you. Beautiful. Because now you get to tell your story. And if you give me the wrong questions, then shame on you as a candidate. But if, but if you're giving me questions that allows me to understand the real you, the best version of you, right. then we're farther down along in the evaluation than I could ever ask versus right. my forced questions on trying to screen you out. Right. I think it's a completely different conversation because right. one of the questions you might offer is I'd love for you to ask me about how I'm getting involved in inclusion. Right. Right. Exactly. So that'd be a great question. You know, yeah. So I, I think that there's an evolution and opportunity here within the, the hiring process yeah. that, that needs to, to take and, and place. What, and what I like about what, what both of you said, which I think is in line with what we're doing here at Landed, Dave, is that it's all about the individual. Right. When, I mean, why can't organizations get to the individual level, right? And even in interviewing, right, doesn't have to be the same scoop of vanilla ice cream every single time. <laughs> you know, we had a camera. People would have seen what they did. So just, just for anybody listening, wait, 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 the lights went out like, I don't know, like 20 minutes the, ago. The uh, light sensor. And we're, so we're, trying, we're trying to trigger the, uh, the, the lights to come back on by throwing things around the room, and we are not <laughs> successful. So, That's you know. Funny. Uh, you said that was for Dave. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, all right. Well, l- listen, listen, gentlemen. I, I, I think I think we're going to wrap the discussion. But yeah, this but is first great. of all, Cornell, you're a great guest. Um, would would, would you? I mean, we got a lot of other topics to yeah. talk about. I think yeah. I think philosophically, like we're speaking the same language oh, here. No I'd actually like to dig into your, a little bit of your philosophy. Actually, the next time you you come in. But um, yeah, would you would you come back and hang yeah, out with please, us again, man? This has been an enjoyable experience for me, man. Yeah, cool, Anytime cool. Anytime you guys want me to come back, whether it's just to sit and talk over. Uh, some tea or something. Hey, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, no, sounds good. No, we we we, well, really, we knew you'd be a great guest. Where, what's where's the address for the church? Yeah. So yeah, we're at um, we're at eight four five Claycraft Road in Gahanna, uh, right next to the big Kahiki sign off of two seventy. Got it. And we're in that strip mall, and uh, church is from ten to eleven fifteen. Oh, I like that. You can sleep in. Ten to eleven fifteen. Nice. Uh, if you get there at ten thirty, it's half over. And if you get there at 11, just sit there because it'll be over in 15 minutes. <laughs> That's right. I miss the old Kahiki, by oh, the way. Yeah, man. yeah, that was a nice place. Oh, I, I love that was, place. That's funny. I was actually on that fire when it burnt to the ground. So, yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. I didn't know it burned to the ground. Oh, yeah. Man. Was, that, was that an inside job? On Come on, you're a fireman. Was that I an was inside a big job? I fire that night. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> the Kahiki's gone. <laughs> did, 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 did one of the uh, managers just kind of drop a match and walk out? <laughs> so, anyway, uh, we're yeah. rapping. <laughs> we're now rapping. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to close. Get me it. off the uh, hot mic. Yeah, hot yeah, mic. yeah. All right. <laughs> I thought you were an open book. I am. I am. But uh, Still that last chapter. <laughs> At any rate, it, it was a pleasure having you here. So this this is Dr. Cornell Lewis. Um, you know, owns a nonprofit, Expanding Visions Foundation, as well as Expanding Visions uh, Ministries. Uh, we're going to have you back. Uh, we're right. going to talk. I'd There's a whole to, range man. of stuff we'd love, love to talk to you about. Dave, thanks, uh, as always, for uh, being sure. here and contributing. And, um, you know, for those of you listening, the new podcast is named Statement of Work. And we will be back wow. next time. All right.